Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good Monday afternoon. Welcome into this December 19th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Punek, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us here on this Monday here. We were out Friday, celebrated uh, the holidays with our fellow employees here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Uh, got a little uh, refreshed over the weekend, and uh, two of us all live sporting events. One went one way, and one went the other way. And unfortunately, yep. Colin comes in off a lack of sleep last night, seeing a right. Commanders team just completely bomb at the end of the game with the help of the referees. We'll get into that later on mm. the show. Saturday night, unfortunately, Alex Ovechkin's quest for eight hundred one and eight hundred two didn't come true. Didn't get to see that, but I did get to see Caps win. And, and a hat trick. And a hat trick from a defenseman. The first yeah. defenseman hat trick since 2000. That's crazy. Yeah. So you did see history. I did see it's history. Not it's the not history. the one that I was thinking I was going to be able to see. Uh, but other than that, a uh, lot to talk about here in high school basketball and a lot to talk about with Shepard. We'll get into Shepard in the second segment, but uh, we'll just talk high school hoops. Friday night we had a game on Talk Radio WR and TV 10. Jefferson Girls hoops over James Wood of Virginia. They get the win. Uh, good to see him get a win. Yeah, they looked really good on uh... – Friday night against James Wood. The defense really stepped up, which is a emphasis during the uh, pregame interview that Nick got with Coach Damon Smith, uh, that he wanted that defensive presence to uh, be felt for James Wood. And it was clear that it was. A lot of forced turnovers, a lot of steals that led to not only transition offense, but even second-chance offense. So when you got four players scoring in double digits – you usually end up winning the game. So hats off to Jefferson, and uh, I'll let now Nick put in his thoughts since he was on the call. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate You're welcome. it. welcome. <laughs> but uh, I would say that it was a impressive performance for Jefferson against a team that had already beat them earlier in the year, 55-37. So you kind of reverse things, and you get a dominating win. You see the improvement this Jefferson team has made. We knew they had talent on their roster, even though it was kind of a – different look team than a year ago uh you don't have that much success and be picked top 10 in the top 10 in the state for no reason so we knew coach smith could probably get that team playing much better basketball and it was a very impressive performance uh friday night now they're playing an epac play an early season epac matchup here tonight against hedgesville we'll talk about that a little bit later in this segment but um you know that should be an intriguing game but Mackenzie Brezovic, I think, was very impressive on Friday. Jasmine Taylor was very impressive. Uh, Hedrick was very impressive with what she was able to do down low, standing at 6-4. I mean, that's going to be a very tough matchup for anybody in the EPAC to go up against. So even Spring Mills really doesn't have that post presence. So Jefferson, uh, if they can start playing like that on a consistent level, they're going to be right back in the mix here in EPAC play. So I think... Uh, there's definitely some things to be excited about on the girls' side 
Um, once we started to see the development like we saw from Jefferson Friday night, if that can carry over in the EPAC play, I think we'll have a, a pretty competitive conference because I think Washington's got a good chance to be solid this year. And we know Spring Mills has a lot of talent, so you got those kind of top three teams. And then we'll kind of see how those other teams fall in behind them. But um, it's definitely an impressive win for Jefferson. I think it's a great step in the right direction, but can you continue that success and continue to play good basketball? And it's a Hedgesville team that has to be hungry heading into tonight's game um, under head coach Matt Faircloth. And you got to believe that they're looking at it as an opportunity to potentially win because it is an EPAC matchup. So looking yeah. forward to the game tonight. We'll whip around the EPAC a little bit. Muscleman girls, they fell to Saint or excuse me, to Petersburg 64 to 59 Friday night. Uh, Spring Mills, unfortunately, their game had to get postponed. That was slated for Friday night against Fairmont Senior. Uh, don't know why or if it's going to get canceled or postponed. We'll have to double check on that. Martinsburg was not in action over the weekend. Um, and, you know, Hedgesville's game Thursday night, as well as all the games in the Eastern Panhandle, got postponed due to the snow. So they haven't played a game since last Monday. Uh, so their legs will be fresh for this one coming up tonight that we'll talk about uh, right now. Eagles, Hedgesville Eagles looking for their first win as they host the Cougars at 1-3. and three. Jefferson 0-6 tonight. That's a 7-30 game. We'll have it for you on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 WRNR TV on YouTube. Colin. Yeah, looking forward to it. I'm excited to see these two teams go at it because it's the first EPAC yeah. conference game that we truly have. We, we've got to see some teams, obviously, this year, but it hasn't been a conference game. So it's going to be tough. For Hedgesville, obviously, going up against Jefferson, who, as Nick mentioned earlier, preseason top 10. We got to see them with a really impressive all-around win um, Friday in which, what, it was seven or eight girls were in the score column, I think. So it was a solid performance for them, and I really think they're going to be able to easily carry that over through the weekend and into tonight's game against Hedgesville, who unfortunately is really struggling this season, averaging under 30 points a game. Uh, Their leading scorer in Kelsey Van Dyne, I think, is averaging 5.8 points per game. So you know it's a rebuild for them. Obviously, you want to see some positive signs from them here and there tonight, but I think overall Jefferson wins easily. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think with it being an EPAC game, you never want to count out Hedgesville completely tonight, but they are the less experienced team, and obviously the numbers don't play in their favor, but they have played a tough schedule, so you know they've faced some good opponents already. Jefferson will be another good opponent for Hedgesville, so as they continue to build this program and as the year goes on, you know playing good teams is going to help you. Uh, when we get into the real part of EPAC play, but this early EPAC test for them is an opportunity to potentially build some momentum. And I think Coach Faircloth can kind of look at it as, hey, our season can kind of reset a little bit now that we're playing Eastern Panhandle schools, uh, teams we're familiar with. So while it is a tough challenge, and I would agree Jefferson would definitely be you know a heavy favorite tonight if you were going to put it that way, but uh, – I never want to overlook any team in the EPAC in any sport because these teams all know each other so well. Uh, even Coach Faircloth, even though he's new to coaching Hedgesville, I'm sure he's familiar with the Jefferson program and has been doing uh, quite a bit of scouting on them. So it should be a, a 
good game, I think, potentially, if Hedgesville can get some things going. Um, but it's an opportunity for both teams to really uh, set the tone early on in EPAC play. Yeah, it definitely is. And we'll have that for you again around a 7 p.m. pregame show, 7.30 tip-off as the Hedgesville Lady Eagles host the Jefferson Lady Cougars. And uh, that's just the first of four games on our station this week. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Hedgesville boys, then Musselman boys, Wednesday and Thursday. But uh, let's go over to the boys now. As uh, We'll start with Friday. The Hedgesville boys, they're still undefeated. They got an 89-52 win over Idea out of Washington, D.C. And then on Saturday, a 58-37 victory over Sharando. In that game against Idea, uh, Elijah King, who we talked with head coach Kelly Church, he took a year off of basketball last year at the high school level, and he's coming back. He scored 35 points on Friday night. Wow. Of those 89 points, Jackson Ruest had 12 points. Cam Wilkes had 11 points. Uh, so that was domination there. And then um, he came out the next night against Sharando, uh, scored 15. Christian Bolduc scored 13. Cam Wilkes 10, or 11, and Jackson Ruest 10 in that 58-37 to victory. So the Eagles are soaring right now, 4-0 on the season. I mean, it's a pretty stacked roster when you look at it in terms of experience and just really good athletes at different guys that can contribute on any given night. Uh, you know, Coach Church talked about it. I think they have like three or four guys that have scored 30 in a high school basketball game entering the season. So, yeah, that in varsity game. So, I mean, teams don't usually have that um, unless they're like, you know, all-star type teams or schools that recruit. But, I mean, this is a school in the Eastern Panhandle with that. So, very impressive team, I think, for Hedgesville this year. I'm excited to see them against New Life Christian. Don't know a ton about them. I do know that they, according to Max Preps, they're 2-0. and um, But, you know, we, we'll have to gather some more information, kind of working on that still. Uh, but um, excited for the matchup, you know, to see this team in person this year because while they do have those pieces that return that we know about, like Wilkes and Bullduke, uh, Pitsnoggle as well, we were somewhat familiar with his game at JV, um, moving up to varsity, you know, some new guys that, that fit in and how they fit in with Barclay. And like you mentioned, uh, the other newcomers. It'll be well, interesting so. to see how that rotation goes. Yeah, I mean, they're the deep. leading scorers. They're it's deep, just hard. So. Yeah, it's hard to see how everybody scores. But moving on, Spring Mills, they went 1-1 one one over the weekend. They fell to Park South 68-58 on Friday night. Keyshawn Cheek had 31 points in the game. Uh, but the Cardinals fell to 3-1. and one. Then on Saturday, they turned around, went to Buchanan Upshur, and they won 79-44. to 44. Cheek with 23. Max Anderson had 15. Caleb Robinson had 13 with 7 rebounds. Uh, Caleb Thomas had 12 with five rebounds, five assists, three steals, two blocks. Austin Davis, 12 points in that contest. Uh, so the Cardinals are now 4-1. and one. They're off until Friday, but uh, get a look at the uh, the new AP Top 10 coming out this week, I believe, or the coaches poll, excuse me. They are at 7th, Hedgesville at 6th, Jefferson at 5th, and those are the only EPAC teams in there, but they're really the only EPAC teams that have played uh, a lot of games so far. Yeah. What did you say that score was for the Park South game? 61-48. Okay, that's not too bad, though, because Park South did knock Park off. Park South now ranked second in that poll with Morgantown. Yeah, they're a good one. team. They knocked off Jefferson last year in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's not a bad loss early in the year for a team like Spring Mills that 
is trying to get to Park South level, yeah. and they're and they're not too far behind. Only a ten point game. Uh, might have been closer than that too. I don't know how it played out if there was a lot of fouls toward the end. So, um, you know, Spring Mills has definitely been impressive. I think they're probably still a year away before I would say they're good enough to win the state tournament. But I think yeah. they're definitely good enough to make a run toward states and maybe uh, toward the end of the year, you know, pull some upsets in the tournament as well. But, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of potential there, and I like what you've seen early in the year from uh, Spring Mills. So if they can stay healthy, kind of keep that group together, it's going to continue to be a successful uh, run for the Cardinals over the next few years. So definitely exciting to see that they're doing well in the non-conference. And, uh, you know, three teams in the top ten speaks about how competitive the EPAC should be in boys' basketball this year. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun once we get into the heat of things, really. But this week should be good as well. See if Musselman can kind of do do some better things uh, with these two games since they've improved since Greenbrier East. And those are the same three teams that at the start of the preseason we talked about as our one, two, three, right in that order, and how we wouldn't be surprised if throughout the season it's going back and forth with yeah. Jefferson, Hedgesville, Spring Mills, and then maybe trying to fight to get in there. Martinsburg, Musselman, and Washington hopefully can improve after finally getting the first one of the season last week against Rod Ford and Christian. But th- those three teams, not only being top 10 teams, hopefully can stay there, but also really compete with each other so that come the end of the season, we know the two best teams that represent this region are deserving of it. Yeah, they're going to be battle-tested. I mean, yeah. when you get through this region uh, with three top teams in the state, and, of course, you know, Martinsburg may not be here, but, I mean, they're they're still Martinsburg. They have great athletes, and it sounded like they had a lot of turnover in their roster, so it could be a team that really we don't know where they're going to be. And then Musselman's got a really different team, but, again, they're still Musselman. They're still – well coached and we know Washington will get better as the year goes on under coach Hilliard. So I think it's going to be, you know, a tough conference to come out of a tough region to come out of. But like you said, Colin, you know, whoever earns those spots really did have to earn it. So it will be exciting to see. It will be exciting to see looking at Jefferson. They went one and one on the weekend as they were up at the, uh, believe it was, what's the name of it? Don't have the name off the top of my head, but it. Uh, let me here. I'm going to pull up the name of the tournament they were at. They were at the holiday class, the little general holiday classic in Morgantown. They uh, beat on Friday night. They beat University 82 to 68, but then they fell on Saturday to the number one team in the state, Morgantown, 87 to 57. And it's early on in the season. You see a Morgantown team this this early in the season. Maybe it uh, helps you know that you know we lost by what was that 30 points to them. This time, we're probably going to see him in the state tournament. So, I don't help. think anybody beats Morgantown this year. All right, say what you're going to say, Colin. But uh, Jefferson now two and one. They have a. W- it does definitely seem that way. They have I mean. ten days off before they take on Millbrook at the uh, Skip Fowler Invitational on the uh, Memorial Classic on the 29th, and then the 30th Gainesville out of Virginia. Those are the two games, and then they'll start with Martinsburg in conference play on the 3rd of January. Uh, Martinsburg, I believe they uh, get their their holiday tournament down in um, Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach going. I don't have the schedule right on. I the think top they of play tomorrow. I don't think they play today. I think they play starting tomorrow. Let me double check this. 
Because I think we were going to be there the 20th through the 22nd. Well, we're not there. If we were going. Yes. I should say. Here, let me pull it up. It's pulled up. Wait, you guys don't have yep. your flight planned? The 20th. Nah, I don't don't have. That. I'll have to go back in the email. No, it says the 19th. Okay. I thought they didn't start till the 20th. I'll have to go back in the email and see who they're scheduled to play. Uh, but that would be this afternoon. Um, and then they'll have, they'll have these three games, and then they'll host the Skip Valor Memorial Classic. They'll take on, uh, excuse me, they'll take on Jefferson to start conference play. But Musselman. Uh, have the scores for their game from the weekend. They fell to Hurricane seventy-one to sixty-three Friday night, and then it was a close one. Pull up the score here. They fell to St. Albans forty-four forty-two on Saturday. So close losses yeah. there. As we mentioned when we saw them play uh, to tip off the season, it's a different Musselman team this year compared to last year's team, who was able to really fight its way into the state tournament this year we've when we at least saw them it was a uh big loss but at the same time you got to see a lot of guys and i felt like for musclemen who was trying to truly find an identity and that core five that you can rely on come conference play yeah and i think for musclemen replacing so much from last year eight seniors from a year ago uh, and a team that made it far, made it to the state tournament. It's so tough to replace that in one year. So right away, you're not going to see this team probably do a whole lot. But I think as the year goes on, there was enough potential that I've seen, at least in that one game. And you see some moments where Musselman looks like a Musselman team, you know, executing the offense well and, pushing the ball, finishing underneath the basket, using their size to their advantage. So there's definitely some talent on the roster. It's just can they put it together and figure out how to play successfully at the varsity level because they just lack varsity experience. It's not mm-hmm. that they lack basketball experience. They have you know seniors and juniors on this team. It's just they haven't played a lot at the varsity level, and, and that can be a different ball game. So we'll see how Musselman improves throughout the year. I would expect them to – still be a competitive team and be a team that you want to look out for uh you know come january come february and when we really get into the end of the season but at this point it's it's going to be a process for them and i think these next two games are winnable games and we'll see how they do i'll just be i don't know what's going on are you playing we're starting the show again that was a good practice run was the mute button off no, I clicked the wrong. <laughs> no, I clicked the wrong music. I never deleted that out there. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We're back in two minutes. After that two-minute break, we'll talk some uh, Shepherd football. A lot to get into. What happened since Thursday? We're locked back after this break. Be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow... With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. 
Santa Claus is coming to town. Join Santa and Modern Realty Results on Saturday, December 17th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in downtown Martinsburg at the Square for free photos, hot chocolate, cookies, and more. Well, behaved pets are welcome. Again, that's Saturday, December 17th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. in downtown Martinsburg at the Square. Call 304-262-4222 for more information. Again, join Santa Claus and Modern Realty Results Saturday, December 17th in the Square in downtown Martinsburg from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. for photos and more. Ollie's VIP Northside is the best spot to catch all your favorite teams. Join us Monday for Dollar Wings and Monday Night Football. Thursdays on the patio for the Cornhole Tourney. Friday Night Lights with Happy Hour Specials or Saturdays during or after the college games for Steak Night. Get a ribeye or New York Steak for just $26.95. Ollie's has great food and drink menus too along with 17 TVs to watch any game of your choice from anywhere at the bar or their outdoor patio and fire pit. So stop by and see for yourself today at 36 Veronica Drive in Martinsburg. That's Ollie's VIP Northside. We'll see you for the game. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center, 400 West Stephen Street, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. And guys, where do we want to do we want to go in chronological order here? I don't know. There, there's a lot of stuff to really get into with these Shepherd Rams, even though it's the I mean, season. I think we should just go chronological order, right? Like what happened Thursday night or That's Friday? That's typically the order you want to tell your, your stories in. I mean, reverse alphabetical chronological. What? All of it combined. What does that even mean? Nobody knows what it means. It's kind of like provocative. you watch your <laughs> gets the people going. Do you watch your Star Wars marathon in chronological order? Or do you do it in release order? That's the question of yeah. the day. Let us know in the comments. All right, I well, do release personally. What we'll just know? we'll do it in release order. I actually can go one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. seven, eight, nine. Yeah, hmm. we will do it in release order as on Friday. Right, was it Friday or Thursday? It was Thursday afternoon. Uh, Shepard Rams offensive coordinator, quarterback coach Tyler Haynes announced on Twitter that he has accepted the head coaching job at D2. Catawba. Catawba. That's a fun word. Yeah, I was going to mess it up. Uh, So he has left the program to now become a head coach yet again. If you remember anything about when he got hired at the beginning of this, or I believe it was in May, he was a head coach at a college in Ohio. Until that college got shut down. Okay. So he was a head coach at the Division II level at one point. And then the college shut down, so he decided to come be uh, the offensive coordinator for the Shepherd Rams and lead them to another great season after their last offensive coordinator stepped down uh, for other ventures. But uh, that comes out Thursday afternoon. Friday night... We get the word, let me pull it up here, if I can find it, that Tyson Bajan has finished third 
in the 2022 Harlan Hill balloting that was announced tonight or Friday night on a live stream. Uh, not shocking. John Matoka won. He had 37 first place votes, 28 second place votes, and 11 third place votes. But what's kind of shocking to me is that Tyson got outvoted by a defensive end. Well, the defensive end did break the NCAA single season sack record. So, I mean, that is a very impressive achievement yeah. for a single season stat. And that's what this award is based on, not off of your career or anything like that. It's based on who is the best player in Division II college football this year. And breaking a single season stat sack record definitely puts you in the conversation. So, I kind of woke up on Friday and I was thinking about the award and I was like, we really only talked about the quarterbacks, but that Fair State defensive end, he might have a case because he did have 24 and a half sacks and I think 38 tackles for a loss. So he had a very impressive year, and I think that's where you see the votes coming in there. But um, we knew it was going to be kind of a long shot for Tyson to win it back-to-back just because his numbers weren't quite as good as they were the year before. Because they had – he. They had a really good running game at Shepard. Yeah, they did, and that leads into our next story. But in terms of Tyler Haynes leaving, I think it makes sense. He's a coach that's in a coaching family. Um, this is probably the best opportunity for him to and get another head coaching job. If because you were being legitimate here, you would have known that he wasn't going to stick around as the Shepard offensive coordinator very long because you look at the way that the offense worked this year under him and you looked at the fact that he has coached at the you know he's been a head coach at this level before so you're not expecting him to be an offensive coordinator at Shepard for more than maybe a couple years right I think too the offense is in a situation where him leaving is probably at the peak of where the offense will be because they're not going to find another Tyson Bajan just walking on the street Ezra yeah, but he's we we don't know if he can beat Tyson or right? if he will even come now. Yeah, or who who knows what Ezra's going to do, right? I mean, he hasn't announced. He hasn't his made decision. his decision yet. And either way, you still you had the NCAA Division II touchdown record holder. Not only that, the NCAA touchdown record holder. Those guys don't just walk through the locker room tomorrow, even if they're the same family. So, um, for Haynes too, and then we get the news that Ronnie Brown is leaving. It's like. He couldn't probably do better at the offense next year. So this was going to be the best head coaching time for him to make a jump if he wanted to get back into being a head coach. And that's what he decides to do. So congratulations to Coach Haynes and uh, best of luck there. Yeah, and this on. that brings up what Nick just said. I uh, saw on Twitter yesterday afternoon. Actually, funny thing is I saw it on Facebook first. Hmm. And then I was like, this is interesting. So then I was like, is it only on Facebook? So then I went to Twitter and an Instagram, and it was there right around 3 o'clock yesterday. Shepard Ram running back, Ronnie Brown, uh, put on Twitter, it's been fun, but I got unfinished business, hashtag 3030, hashtag the truth. And it's a little graphing, and it reads in part, I am excited to announce that I'm entering the 2023 NFL Draft. Coach McCook and to the Shepard coaching staff, thank you for giving me a chance to showcase my abilities and be a part of a great program. To the hashtag Ram Nation, I appreciate all the support and love throughout the years. It's been a blessing to play for a great community. I am thankful for bonds and memories that will be that will last forever. Once a Ram, always a Ram. Signed, Ronnie Brown, hashtag 3030 out. So he announces he's going to the NFL next year or this year uh, in the draft as he'll join Joey Fisher and Tyson Bajan who look to stick on with teams. Yeah, and I think it's surprising 
because you don't see Division Two juniors declare early. Typically, if you have another year at Division Two, you're going to stick around and play another year. But I also look at it as what would Ronnie Brown gain from another year? Because he just led the nation in all-purpose yards. As a running back, you know, you're you're just going to put more miles on the tires if you want to put it that way. So, I mean, there's a risk of injury, all sorts of things. And even if he goes out and wins the Harlan Hill, is that going to improve his draft stock so much from where it is now? At the end of the day, the NFL is going to look at Ronnie Brown. They're going to see the tape, the numbers, and that's all great, but they're still going to say, well, that was a D2. So what really matters for him is the physical attributes. Yeah. And him being healthy is the best way for him to show those off. So, uh, you know, how, however he tests is going to determine if he gets a shot. The chances of him getting drafted, I don't know how high they are, but I think based on the fact that he can be a kick return man, he can probably run a very good 40 time and uh, probably put up some impressive, you know, combine type drills, probably at a pro day. He'll get a shot, I think, to do something in the NFL. And if it's a, if he's able to make some big plays in a preseason as a return guy, I mean, there's a shot here for Ronnie Brown. So there's not a whole lot of benefits to him coming back besides finishing his degree. But if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to school and finish. So Yeah, and, you know, we were kind of talking about this off the air a little bit. We're like, wouldn't be surprised if he entered the transfer portal. Yeah. I, I'm even more surprised that he – cleared for the draft obviously congratulations to him but i like the point that nick made he he can be a kick returner he could maybe be a running back and looking this year and looking at the previous years in the nfl what seemingly is always a position for almost every team that's in limbo because of injuries running back running Running back. back there's so many options and teams really want to be three maybe even sometimes four guys deep at that position and have guys even still waiting on the practice squad for that position Mm -hmm. so even though it's surprising to a lot of us the opportunity for him even if he doesn't get drafted I, i still think is there because of those reasons and how explosive of a player that we've seen him be even though it's at the division two level there's a lot of guys in that running back position in the NFL that you do not expect to be studs that just break out of nowhere and have an explosive game in a game that you didn't expect to even see him go in, and then it puts his name in the minds of NFL guys as a whole. I mean, who was it? Patterson, even though I think he's only on the practice squad. Yeah. From Buffalo. 7-8 touchdown game. Yeah. That put him on the map. Yeah. And not only that, but I think running back is the position where undrafted guys tend to have some success. I mean, Terrell Davis was undrafted. Uh, and it's a position where you can do a lot of different things, typically as a special teams or a kick returner or even covering special teams. You know, most teams are going to take about four running backs on a roster. So there's a lot of opportunities there. And uh, Ronnie's a talented player, and I think he could – definitely catch on to an NFL team. Uh, Like Colin said, there's going to be injuries, so there's going to be multiple probably opportunities potentially for you if, you know, that opportunity does open up due to an injury. So, like I said, I don't – I was surprised because, like I I think that 
jumping from D2 to the NFL, you don't see that from a junior very often. But then I kind of thought about it, and I was like, well, what does he really have to gain from coming back? I mean, he could go win the Harlan Hill, but does that guarantee anything for him for the NFL level? I don't think so. And there have been guys that have come out of D2 and won that Harlan Hill award and had NFL careers. Danny Woodhead, Danny Woodhead. won it back-to-back yeah. years and had success in the league. Bernard Scott was another name that we saw on there. He played for the Bengals for a little bit. So while he didn't win the Harlan Hill, I think there's potential for him to have success at the next level. So and I think the thing that's going to you run. guys also have to think about there is there's these supplemental leagues right now. Yeah. There's the XFL. There's the USFL. There's the CFL in Canada, and then there's a bunch of leagues overseas. There's some former Shepherd players playing in leagues overseas as we speak. I know, and before we get to that point, I think what also added to the surprise factor is, correct me if I'm wrong, when we were reading the article from The Athletic, I think they said the last Shepherd player that has been drafted in the NFL, it was like when we were born, 1998, 1999, somewhere around there. I think I'd have to double check on that but it's obviously been a very long time and now you have three guys from this year's team who we knew was a very special team but three guys declaring for the nfl draft when at the start of the season we were talking about one maybe two it's crazy and i feel like that really added on top of why we're like okay I think the other thing, too, was you knew if Ronnie came back, he was going to be the focus of the offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was going to sure. have another amazing season. Would he have been the kick returner is the question? Who knows? But he, he would have had a, you know another great year because they didn't have a quarterback coming back that they knew anything about necessarily. So yeah, would have been interesting to see, but best of luck to Ronnie. Maybe we can get him on the show this week. Yeah. Nonetheless, a crazy weekend for Shepard football news starting Thursday afternoon. But that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online to deliver to you. If you don't like it, don't take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On their side of this break, we'll talk NFL. Uh, the Ravens' commanders both lose. The Steelers get a win. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. Go on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and RNTV10. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. From Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. 
Berkeley View Medicine is pleased to announce the relocation of our Berkeley Medical Center outpatient rehabilitation services to 1002 Tavern Road. This move gives Martinsburg Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation more room, more convenient parking, and a covered drive-up drop-off area. View Medicine will continue to offer physical, occupational, and speech therapies for both adult and pediatric patients, as well as specialized services. For more info on this new location and services provided there, call 304-264-1214. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay, or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as we got about 16 minutes left in the show. We're going to have to take another break here at some point, but let's talk uh, NFL. We'll start actually, you know, we'll continue starting in chronological order here. We'll start Saturday with a triple header that was played. Um, pretty interesting games that were that took place on Saturday. And Nick, one of your, your team was in one of them. Yeah. Um, I I watched the game, but like I didn't really feel like I watched the game. I don't know. It was like kind of a weird day for me on Saturday. But um, <laughs> the Ravens just didn't play well. It was kind of a boring game, so it's hard to like pay completely attention to it. But that was uh, the only non like interesting game of the day. Yeah, that, that other game was two really, out of three were good. The other two were really good. So, um, you know, I mean, Tucker's missing field goals. One was blocked. Uh, so the Ravens couldn't execute on special teams. Their offense looks terrible. It's looked terrible for the past four weeks. Uh, so I'm hoping that today John Harbaugh's press conference is at a different time. I don't know if that means anything, but maybe Someone's it's the firing of Greg Roman potentially, and then where do you go from there? I think T. Martin makes a lot of sense uh, to step in as the offense coordinator. He's the wide receivers coach right now, and I know – if you're a Ravens fan, you're like, well, the wide receiver sucks. Why would you hire the wide receivers coach? Well, he's got offensive coordinator experience at USC. He's had success before as one, so I think it could make some sense. I know that's going from college to the NFL, but to me, he he makes the most sense. Or James Urban to fill in, who's the quarterback coach, has been a coach for about 18 years in the league. So one of those two guys, I think, should step in because I just don't see this offense getting any better. And if you remember when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012 and their offense was struggling, they fired Cam Cameron, in came Jim Caldwell. Now, they don't have a Jim Caldwell just sitting there. Yeah. But, you know, Caldwell came in, fixed the offense, and they go on to win the Super Bowl. So, not saying it would happen again because I think this team's lacking a lot of the things that that team had, uh, in particular at the wide receiver position. But... Lamar gets healthy hopefully this week and they get a win and get some losses on the other side and they clinch a playoff spot. So you never know what can happen once you get into the playoffs. And, you know, looking at these other two games here, uh, Jeff Saturday was the first coach to be named Saturday to coach on a Saturday. Uh, And he was cruising. 33 to nothing. And then the Vikings to be the Vikings. 
That was crazy. They won in overtime, 39-36. Everybody was like, 1 p.m. Kirk on a Saturday doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, the Colts were dominating that first half. It was embarrassing seeing the Vikings out there on the field. And then the second half, it was the complete opposite. It was embarrassing seeing the Colts on the field the way that they were playing in the Vikings. Nothing went wrong for them, so... Hats off to Minnesota, who a lot of people are still counting out and probably calling frauds, even though they found the way to win. So Matt Ryan has been on the long, the wrong side. <laughs> I of saw the that largest saw that. Super Bowl funny. comeback in NFL history, and the largest comeback in NFL history, blowing a thirty-three point lead. So man, I feel bad for Matt Ryan. He's going to have to hear about both of those now. For I mean, the rest obviously, of his life. the twenty-eight to three is the Super Bowl, so it's the one that people will probably talk about more. But yeah. thirty-three nothing is another one that he's he's been a part of. So yeah, it, it's, it's insane. Tough. It hurts his career. I feel like yeah, I mean, it, it truly does. How do you look at Matt Ryan? I think he probably gets into the Hall of Fame at some point because he was an MVP, and it's hard for an know, MVP though. to not get in. But he's a quarterback, so his he didn't win a bias, Super Bowl. But he exactly. didn't win a Super Bowl. He had a good career. It's a toss-up. I think he gets in eventually. Not first ballot for sure for Matt Ryan. Maybe ten years down but the like, line. He's like Kurt Warner type. He'll, he'll but get Kurt in. Warner won. He did, but I'm saying like Kurt Warner's career is very weird. He had a that's true. good first four or five years, sucked for about four years, then finished really strong. So yeah, it's just a weird career there. So Matt Ryan had a consistent career at the very least, and. I think he gets in, but he's never going to win a Super Bowl. He's never going to live down 28-3. to The day ended, though, on Saturday with another crazy game. As the Bills win 32-29, they clinch his playoff spot. Uh, Wow, the end of that game. Did you guys catch the end of that game? It was crazy. The snow coming down. That was supposed to happen the whole game. That didn't happen until the very last quarter. I mean, that was a fun game to watch. I got home... Uh, caught the very end of that, uh, but let's go on to Sunday here. Bears get a, or uh, Eagles get twenty five to twenty victory over the Bears. Expected. The, uh, what expected? Yeah, Saints get a twenty one eighteen win over the Falcons. That division is just wide open. Uh, the Lions another win. They're twenty. They get a twenty seventeen victory over the Jets. The C- the Steelers get a win twenty four to sixteen over the Panthers, keeping that division wide open as three three teams are at. Five and nine, um, the Cowboys fall to the Jaguars forty to thirty four on a crazy uh, pick six in overtime. The Chiefs beat the Texans in overtime thirty to twenty four. They should have rolled all over that game. Uh, the Broncos beat the Cardinals twenty four to fifteen, and wow, the Raiders beat the Patriots on a crazy end-of-game scenario there. Yeah, if you um, haven't seen it, look it up. Yeah, go look it up. I think everybody's seen it by yeah. now, but what was Jacoby Myers thinking? I don't know. And then the Chargers uh, etch out a win over the Titans 17-14. Bengals get a 34-23 victory over the Buccaneers, which have the Bucks are still leading the division, but by one game there in the NFC South. And then the final game of the night, the Commanders fall to the Giants 20 to 12 Colin you were at that game what's your take uh it it was an interesting night uh not only on the field but off the field as well in the stands near (laughs) us but I I don't want to go down that hole since we only have a few minutes left but uh in prime time at home 
let the fans down. Again, yeah, I know a lot of people, if you look on social media right now, are saying the refs messed up. Hey. I, I don't disagree. Curtis Samuel was like being chokeholded last night. You got to score more than 12 points if you want to win a game. Well, they could have, but they didn't throw the flag, Colin. The offense was bad. Then they threw the flag after there's a touchdown. They called one on Terry. You had two turnovers. Which I don't play clean ball. I want to go go back to that. You can't turn the ball over. I want to go back to that. Uh, Were you in that side of the end zone when that. uh, Were you on that side of the field? For the final play? No, for the, the Terry McLaurin flag. Or was it the opposite yeah, side? No, the fourth so it was quarter. Right I was below on where that you side. are. Okay. Yeah, he was on the same sideline that we okay. were facing. So, so yeah, he, was he right turns over to the ref like mm-hmm. any all levels down to Pee Wee. I mean, I see it in high school football every single week being down in the field this year. Are we? Am I good? Am I good? Or ref goes, receiver, back up, back up, receiver, one foot back. You know. Yeah. And Terry McLaurin looked over, and he moved up an inch anyway. And the the ref was there, ready to throw the flag like beforehand. His hand was down there before the ball was even snapped. That's because he wasn't still on the ball. Yeah, but he even he, after he, he told him up. he was good. How do we know what he said? At least we've heard from Terry that he said that yeah. he heard. What did the what have the, what have the, the official said? That the official said you're good. Yeah, well, and he checked twice. Like Hannah, he was still off the ball. No, uh, he was. That, but I'm happy that. Jahan Dotson played well because I started him in mm-hmm. fantasy and he got me the win in the playoffs. Oh yeah, you did sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. Did you? No, in? not in Collins oh, League. N- yeah, different league. No. Were you in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm kicking butt. I just upset the one seed. Oh, mm. Collins a legend. So that means after this, if I can hold on to win, I am the one seed. No, no I'm the highest the seed two. left. You're the highest seed left, but you're not the one seed. All right, that'll do it for two. <laughs> that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you apart by Orsini's Home Store, not just supply and store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and it's family owned and operated. Right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. We're back in two minutes to wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Mix. I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Panhandle Printing and Design is your full-service local print shop. With over 50 years of combined experience, we know how to handle all of your printing and design needs. We can handle anything. 
From small business cards to wrapping large vehicles, our in-house design team can do it all. As a staple of this community, we love helping people promote their events, businesses, and anything their passion envision, create, and bring your ideas to life with Panhandle Printing and Design. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your Monday, December 19, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group of Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304 263 4343 stop by their offices right here at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer Nick and Colin hanging out with you for about the next uh, three and a half minutes or so as we wrap things up. Uh, talk Saturday night, the uh, Capitals in action. I was there, thought I was going to see something pretty cool. You but did? I didn't see what I thought I was going to see. I did see something pretty cool, though. Well, I did see the first we already talked about this. defenseman hat trick. By a Capitals defenseman since Sergei Gonchar on January 4th of 2000. So 20, nearly 22 years. Yeah. Wow. Nearly 23 years, actually. Back in the win column. Yeah. Ovechkin, though, he was sniping in this. He, he also wasn't on the ice that much. He didn't score. How was he sniping? He, he was, was missing. He was shooting shots all night. Were you? <laughs> no. <laughs> he doesn't remember. <laughs> no. Actually, I do remember. I had a. You had a B reel. Yeah, I did have a B-reel. <laughs> Gotta love those B-reels. But the Capitals, they win another one. They're now 16-13-4, and, and they take on the Red Wings tonight, 13-11-6. Now Ovechkin trying to get that uh, goal marker tonight. And then Maybe. they'll be off till Thursday, where then they'll have a back-to-back at the Senators, and then they host the Jets, which is weird. Why don't you just play both of those in Canada? NFL know. scheduling, God's please, tell me why. I don't know, man. I don't know. The Wizards, though. They suck. We don't need to talk about the Washington Wizards. Uh, they almost they won do last night. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not going to win until next Washington year. Almost They're not winning until night. next year. I, I, I agree. Colin and I think we they talked about for the rest of the year. year. Yeah, I don't think they win another game this month. Do you think that uh, either Kuzma or Porzingis is traded? I don't know. The Who one cares? that we were they talking suck anyway. about they can't win. was Beal, because after last LeBron night's game... LeBron was hugging Bradley. LeBron and that? Bradley Wait, Beal what? were buddy-buddy after they the game. They looked like they were having a moment. Bradley Beal yeah. did come back last night and score 29 points. Good for him. You guys want to talk about the World Cup, Colin? I want to talk about the World Cup. It was... A lot of people were saying the greatest soccer game that's been nationally televised, period, yeah. end of story. It was crazy. Do you watch full game? What I watched the highlights. My buddy's a big soccer fan, so he's kind of texting me during the game. And uh, now people are saying Messi's the greatest soccer player ever. So I guess that eh. ends the debate. Is he? It, it, it probably does end the debate. Is he? I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough because I, I don't like to compare eras. Exactly. Pele is still up there, but he's better than Ronaldo. I think that's fair yeah, to say I he's think. better than Ronaldo. Yeah. And I've always tried to say that Ronaldo's better because I've always been a Manchester United guy. But now but he's Ronaldo turned his back kinda, on yeah, United. turned his back again on United, and Messi just finally won the World Cup. So Messi wins the World Messi. Cup and Argentina's Argentina, in South America. Also, so did America anybody notice? Did anybody know that Argentina? I feel dumb saying this. Did anybody know Argentina that they have the the exact replica of the Washington Monument in Argentina? 
I didn't know that, but I mean, there's a drone video I saw on ESPN. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix for Colin Nick. I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight for some EPAC Hoops action at 7 p.m.